0: Welcome to the Temperamental Gooners podcast, and we are recording after Arsenal's back-to-back defeats in the Midlands. The dreaded Midlands uh, curse strikes again, so we've lost to Wolves away uh, 2-1 on Tuesday night, and uh, we lost to Aston Villa uh, 1-0 yesterday, the lunchtime kickoff. I can't remember uh, the last time I saw Arsenal win a lunchtime kickoff. That curse is kicked in again, and yeah, seemingly Aston Villa... Who we had beaten uh eight eight visits to villa park now they have the hex sign over us and yeah seasons in free fall um over to you kibbs uh can you pick out the bones of the uh wolves game first and foremost uh i can't even bother with a lineup kibbs just just go into it what the hell happened Shall, oh, we, yeah. shall we do negatives first and then the positive? I think we should start with the positives.
1: I think we should start with the positives because there's really? negatives for both straight. We, we can continue Really, on. There's going to there's gonna be, be two negatives
0: on. in a row. There's going to yes. be two negatives in a row. Okay. I, all right. I need to
1: get, get out of the way. The positives, I think. Let's
0: talk about the positives,
1: Kip. I think it's for all to see. We started off, oof, first half, as you said, we're not a team really... You seem to have urgency uh, from the get-go in games, um, so I was quite surprised us to see us come out with such strong intentions. Um, as I, as everyone keeps saying, we could have had four. We could have four. We could have really, you know, cleaned out walls before they had the chance to get back into the game, but. Uh, unfortunately despite us you know going ahead we didn't take all of our chances and as we've learned with arsenal especially with arsenal but it seems to be a trend um in this premier league season especially that fine margins uh, continue to be the deciding factors in games so crucially any 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 mistakes or any chances not taken tend to bite you and the ass,
0: And you saw that. I mean, look, okay. Let me try and settle down a bit after my mini rant because there's gonna be loads of rants during this pod potentially. But uh to be fair, we did start quite strongly. It it was an impressive, impressive uh first half against Wolves. We saw the influence of Bakayo Saka, he was all over them. Should have really put that goal away um to start off with, to be honest. I, I couldn't believe that came off the post and Someone of his, what we expect now, he should have put that away. But, you know, not going to be too harsh on him. We, we get a goal ruled out on VAR. Again, uh, fine margins. Probably the right decision on, you know, if we take VAR into account. But again, it just showed that we were completely in the ascendancy in that first half. And for Team Wolves, who are a decent team, yeah, they had been through a bad run. It was good that we, we really showed our intent coming off the back of the man new game and uh yeah deservedly 1-0 in front amari uh,
2: yeah what i'd say is the first 15 minutes we were like a house on fire we were just all over them we were cutting them open at will there were opportunities that didn't lead to shots on target but were very very good chances um we couldn't keep it up for the whole um first half we 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 but, but wolves didn't have any opportunities really, um, and then when the goal came, um, it was persistence from Pepe. Um, he showed aspects to his game that we haven't seen um, consistently: winning the ball back, driving past a couple of players, and then uh, composed finish with his right foot. And he 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 seemed to be lethal in the box at the moment. Um, but yeah, when you don't take your chances. And your Arsenal football club, you're, one of your defenders is going to make a mistake and you're going to get punished for it. And um, that's what happened at the end of the half. One,
1: one, one thing, that, yeah, maybe we'd highlight is what we spoke about in like a kind of preview of the Wolves game about containing their threat. I think that's exactly what we've done in the first half. Yeah. I think especially Traoré, Xhaka, closed down the space. We were effective in those, those pockets. So that's, that was the most disappointing thing, <laughs> really, because I, I really thought we were going to go out and, and, and close off the game in the second half because I thought we'd come out even stronger, I think. We, but it just didn't happen for us, uh, yeah. for a reason we'll go into. The only thing
2: I was concerned about was that after that first 15, 20 minutes, we, didn't, we hadn't scored. And I was like, oh, like, that's going to be one of those games where you're like, oh, you didn't take your chances, and then there's a problem. Then we scored, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're now in a position to build on that, and I thought we would go ahead and do so. But you, yeah, uh, I mean,
1: you can't keep your eyes off the television of Arsenal. <laughs>
0: no, that's the problem. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's not. It's not like the days of old where you go one nil up and you think to yourself, okay, I'm not. I'm not even going as far back as the Graham days. I'm talking about you know, peak Wenger days. Uh, you know, between ninety eight and ninety seven and two thousand and five, where you know if we go one nil up, for the most job. For the most part, it's going to be done and dusted. And the team is going to keep their, their foot on the opponent's neck. I don't know why we've lost that in recent years where instead of us going for the juggler, we sort of like think, OK, we've gone one nil up. Let's play a bit of football, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera, rather than going for it. But um, I, I, what was disappointing about that Wolves game, as you guys were saying in that first half, was, yeah, the chances we missed. And Pepe was playing really well. Saka was playing well. As Kibbs just said, you know the triore factor was pretty much—I wouldn't say nullified—but we had him, we we had him checked, right? There was good doubling up. He wasn't looking as threatening as he as he could, and you know it was a very very impressive performance uh, for a team who were low on confidence, Wolves, and we were we were seemingly going to you know see it out to half time and deservedly go in in front. But then <sighs> Amari, do you want to take this one? Uh, Chaos strikes.
2: Yeah, I I feel bad for David Luiz in the sense that I think he, he learned from the Chelsea game last year and was thinking, yo, like, if he scores, he scores, but that's okay. Um, we'll go from there. But it is a foul, I think. I don't think it needs to be a red card. I don't think it needs to be a red card. I think a bit of common sense with, there would show that, you know, He's not attempting to play the ball and he's not attempting to impede the striker. My issue is with the fact that he goes searching for the ball in midfield, trying to win that header. He has no need to go there. He should be in line with him, upholding, thinking, half time is in about 30 seconds. I don't need to go anywhere. Keep the danger in front of me. But instead, he, he gets sucked in. And the moment that happens, we're at sixes and sevens. And at the very least, wolves are going to have a very good chance to score, you know. And unfortunately, it had to go as drastic as <laughs> penalty, red card, and
0: game completely turned. Kibbs, um, how about you? Did you feel that? Did you feel that was? Um, did you feel that was a red card? I mean, sorry. Did you feel that was a foul?
1: Boys, so before we, if I speak about Louise, I need to name name the the referee Craig Pawson. Uh, I think we have a bit of history with uh, Paulson as officiating. He's um I think I think in the like four games that's officiate, we've lost them all with some questionable decisions against us, but I think what Omari mentioned is right once. You know, David Luiz is behind play essentially. He's made life very difficult for himself and I've got to agree, It, I think it still is a foul, so a penalty, yellow at most, but definitely not red, and I was surprised once they had a chance to look over it again, they they stuck with that decision, because it, there just seems to be no consistency across games at the moment, and that that really derailed us, uh, we're not a team that is you know, able to come from behind, um, once we go behind that tends to be it for us. So after that happened, I wasn't really expecting much at all. And to compound the issue, <laughs> they scored, you know, Wolf scored and then they scored again. And then although we had moments moments later on in the game where, you know, we sustained um, like build ups of like pressure, we weren't able to capitalise on that because there's a lack of belief sometimes of Arsenal. We're not we're a team that needs to be playing well to, to get a result out of the game. Well,
0: what's more frustrating is that, you know, OK, before I go into the the second half of the game quickly, because we have to move on to the Villa game at some point. Uh, not, not even that's great. But, you know, uh, Ruben Nevers smashes the penalty and runs the camera as if he thinks he's won the World Cup. And just like, well, of course you're going to score. It's a penalty. That's what you do, Ruben Nevers. So well done. Jog on. And then. Arsenal should come out in the start of the second half to try and keep things a bit solid. And what happened? Straight away, João Moutinho. I talked about that guy at the end of last pod. I said that guy, how old he is, and he's still running the show. He had done nothing the whole game, pretty much. And then that's it. He had one shot and goal. I felt Leno should have got that, personally speaking. But I don't know. It's a very, very good shot. What can I say?
2: Yeah, I think, I think we're more what Arteta would have said at halftime, and I think the players themselves would have believed, they would have been like, look, we've created a lot here. We just need to go out there, maybe keep it tight for a little bit. And then, you know, we can start to play once once Wolves, because Wolves are going to come at us, they're going to bring it to us. And then one thing you're not expecting is someone who hasn't scored all season to pop, pop it into the top corner from 35 yards.
1: Who, who like. was op- he was offering nothing in the game. Yeah, and he just picked up the ball,
2: Picks it Boys, out. Th- and that's... I don't think I don't think Leno's I don't think Leno's stretching, I don't think he's anywhere near it. <laughs> I don't think he's anywhere that, near it.
1: That 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 was so precisely placed. That was it's, like it's
2: an absolute joke. That that's what
0: <gasps> Sorry, couldn't no the one couldn't no just blaze this penalty over the bar. I can uh, I'm leave. a I'm about a couple of seconds, oh, off. seconds I, after. I this is a free point. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. caught me. Oh, the it's a horrible penalty. Uh, yeah, where was that, Nevis. Ruben Neves? Ruben Neves could have done that. He could have done to, that. To, yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping Ruben Neves <laughs> did. Uh, to, to the listeners, oh. apologies for that. We do have the Liverpool City game on in our respective uh, iPads, uh, phones, et cetera, et cetera. So, sorry about that. Let's yeah. keep it Arsenal as I much as we sorry. can. But, um... But yeah, uh, it, it's always the case with Arsenal. If you haven't scored for fifteen games or one year, uh, Arsenal is always a team for you to break your duck. Christian Benteke, how many other strikers is the case that if you haven't scored, and Arsenal are coming around, good old Arsenal. Shane, we'll Shane Long, think. Shane oh, Long, Long is coming. like the best striker in the world against Arsenal. It's a joke, <laughs> man. Ridiculous. Oh. Um. Okay, so that, and then we, uh, it's 2-1, and I don't want to just glaze, it, glaze over it. You know, Burnt Leno's mistake, I think we need to touch on that, and then we can move on to, to, the, uh, to the Villa game. Um, what is Leno thinking? Had so much time, all he had to do was just kick it. But he had a brain fart and decided to palm it out. And, you know, of course, he has to go. You can't complain about that. He has to go.
1: Yeah, I, I I can't really understand why he done that. The danger that was present at the time didn't shouldn't have led to what he had done there. But yeah. as we said, that's just a, a bizarre moment. It was a bizarre game, and that's just another bizarre moment in a strange game. Um, with Leno, thankful right there is only one game. Um, we we do need him.
0: How come, that's, how come that's the case, guys? Because I was seriously thinking that that's a three-game suspension, so you I was get, well surprised that... It...
2: You only get three games for Violent Conduct.
0: Okay, right, right. So, But it was sure. a straight red card. I thought, yeah. automatically speaking, straight red cards is an uh, immediate three-match. No, straight Money red more. cards
2: for um, serious foul play are...
0: Like, they're um, they're, they're one-game one bounds. Um, right. Runison, Runison came on and he had a good save. He had a bit of a brain fart at some stage as well, I think I remember. But yeah, he, had, he made a good save, at least with his feet, when I think it was Neto uh, came yeah. in from the left or whatnot. So that's good for him, at least. A bit of confidence that he, he didn't concede as such. But yeah. Um, final thoughts on that Wolves game, uh, guys? Um, I just think um, Leno, Leno
2: doesn't normally make mistakes like that. Like, he's normally quite cool. Um, so that was just, I think, a symptom of the game. And I think with that, with that game, what you were hoping for was that it didn't cost us any more than it did already. And um, I had full belief at that time that actually it might be a good thing heading into the Villa game because I thought we're going to come out like, you know, we've just had severe injustice. Let's, let's take this game to Villa. Let's win this game. Um, And I woke up on Saturday morning feeling that. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. I
0: I sum that game up as uh, snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Kibbs, that's the Wolves game, obviously. Yeah. Last last on the Wolves game?
1: Do you know, just on that point, it's been a strange season for all. And we've kind of seen this happen a few times in the the league games this season. But uh, there was a worry for me. Uh, before the game, just uh, been around our fixtures and our ability to sustain ourselves and build momentum. So I thought this was quite an important game for us to win. Um, so given that, you know, I thought it would be a draw with Villa, uh, I was even more worried, but like Omari, I thought because of the core of the team would still be playing against Villa, we'd see a team that came out with intentions again to rectify the last games—I don't know what to call it, like brain fart. I thought would travesty. come out travesty <laughs> disaster, but we um, we showed a characteristic which has been present in us for a long time—an uh, inability to be effective.
0: So let's uh, and on that. Thought. Let's go into the Villa game now. So yesterday we had Matt Ryan making his debut. Uh, Matt Ryan apparently an Arsenal fan, so good that we got him then from Brighton. And um, replacing David Luiz at centre-back was uh, Gabriel. Um, so kick-off, um, a bit of turn and throwing. Uh, Martinez gets the ball, long ball, uh, gets knocked down. Cedric just has to play a, a pass back to... Gabriel plays it back too short uh, Bertrand Troy gets in between that takes it down the right crosses it and uh, there's uh, Ollie Watkins who Arsenal are making look like you know hey, mate the guy's a good striker right he, but you know I'm impressed that he, what he's done from the championship so let's give him his credit but Arsenal are making him look even more special he scored three goals against Arsenal in his first Premier League season uh, he gets a bit of contact. Rob Holding maybe should be a bit closer. He, get, he tries to close it down, deflects, goes past Ryan, 1-0 down, two minutes in, whilst I'm just about cutting mushrooms up for my breakfast. So, yeah, I'm a bit pissed um, about that. Uh, yeah, Arsenal, uh, first half's lack of concentration all over again. Uh, who wants to take this one? Kibbs, I'm looking at you.
1: Yeah, what what to say about that? That was uh, I was tepid from Cedric. It's just something about those two, Gabriel and Cedric. It just feels a bit chaotic. Um, There was just no communication. There was no chemistry. It didn't have to go like that. Like even when Watkins, it looked like Leno would have maybe not comfortably saved it, but I I don't think that's something that would have went in if it wasn't for the the deflection of Holding.
0: Yeah, I, I think it, so. I think the deflection is um, what made
1: it. it. Do you know? Agreed, Holding could have been a bit tighter, but that's happening in real time. There was a lot going on in that moment. He was, he was maybe thinking there was something. He was perhaps thinking something's going on in behind him as well. He could have been tighter. He could have, he could have stopped it. But I just feel the main blame should be with Cedric's misconcentration and, and his poor pass to Gabriel, which set it off. Now after that, that's, that's really when it calls into question our like character and our ability to come back from losing positions. I just don't feel we've done enough at all.
0: We've, we've only done it like, you know, I brought that stats out, um, uh, I think when we beat Southampton. So yeah, that must've been the last pod that you know that was the first time we had come back from a from a one nil deficit and one away from home for quite a number of years or whatnot so it's not in our system unfortunately not anymore like you know the days are gone where and i know amari made this point when we were talking yesterday we talked too much about it in the past but it, it's it's a shame that we we just don't have that in our dna now certainly over the last two to three years that when we are we go one 0 down. We kind of like you know pull up our sleeves and go, okay, no worries. We'll get back into this. You just never really felt we were. You just never really felt we were going to come back into it, Amari, or at least I didn't feel it. What do you think? Uh, that was that was what was um, I suppose that stood
2: out against Southampton is that when we went that one 0 down, we didn't it didn't seem to phase us. But I think in that two minutes, even though it's only two minutes, you could tell from the way that we were playing or even then that yeah today we're not we don't we don't fancy it today um and I don't think Villa had to do anything particularly special to 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 get that victory um I think the the goal is bad and I and I've got some concerns about um I don't think anything is necessarily Gabriel's fault there but I think there's a chance that for him to clear that first time Mm. he taps it to Cedric Um, Cedric obviously has to make that pass Has to be sure And he's not And then Rob Holding There's no one else in the box So there's only one threat There is only one threat and that's why he Watkins And he's two yards away from him So I think the three of them just There were opportunities for that situation Just not to develop into anything at all Um, But as, as per usual We just found a way to make that Disastrous And then yeah from two minutes there, you're thinking, again, I I wasn't really necessarily that concerned because I was thinking, you know, it's time for you guys to show something. You've got another 90 minutes to sort this out. And, you know, there was absolutely nothing.
0: A couple of key moments in the first half and then we go into the second half. So, uh, obviously, there was, um, you know, Pepe was looking a bit busy on his Wings, but there was a, a chance that Lacazette had to play in uh, the ball into him at, or Saka and he didn't play it quick enough and it, get, it got cut out. Granite Xhaka had a very, very good free kick that was saved by Martinez. Um, there was the... Uh, which came from seemingly Aston Villa targeting uh, Batayo Saka all game because he got a few fouls on him. And then maybe the the big thing uh, before we go on to the second half is uh, the that, you know, concert not getting sent off for, you know, when the Saka is blatantly in on goal. Now, you know, a couple of pundits are saying there was still a covering defender. It's, it's quite far out. Another couple of pundits are saying that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a goal scoring opportunity. I can't see how it's not a goal scoring opportunity, bakayosaka has got the legs on that guy. The covering defender is too far away. He's going to be one-on-one with the defender, with the, with the keeper in about two more strides if that guy doesn't make the challenge. So how is that not a red card? If it was an Arsenal player, he would have got sent off.
1: Yeah, there was no deliberation as well. That's what I'm saying is worrying. Like when you, you're looking at like instantly when you saw that, you're like, hold on, that that he was last man for sure. And they talk about the covering defender. The other covering defender was on the other side of the pitch.
2: And he was also behind Saka.
1: And he was also behind Saka. So how does that not, despite the distance, that's a goal-scoring opportunity because Saka's clean through. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think for me, the reason there's a difference, David Luiz's foul gives a penalty, which is rest- restoration of that goal-scoring opportunity. And that's why I don't think that needs to be a red card. Here, you've stopped a goal-scoring opportunity. I now don't have a penalty. I have a free kick 40 yards from goal. Yeah, like that foul prevents me from having a strike at goal. It has to be a red
1: card. It's it intense. It's such strong intent it, as well. He, he
2: he knows what he's doing. He here. Looked, he looked if it, I don't it. let him go, he's gonna score. or He's gonna have a chance to score. So I bring him down. So whether it, it's forty yards from goal or not, I don't doesn't does
1: factor it, into it's that. It's not a significant factor considering he's cle- he's Cleaver. he will have a goal scoring opportunity from from that. But one thing maybe, you know, we, we've been hearing or been seeing on social media is the fact that Arsenal is not really a team that we will we'll like kind of surround the referee and yeah. maybe yeah. force a decision on them. We're not a team that's going to sh- you know, yeah. make a big deal out of these we, things we, until the game is finished. I
2: have, I have more of a problem with that as well, because about three minutes later, Kanta um, then brings down Lacazette or when he was on the turn, and that could have been another yellow card. I'm at yeah. the referee's face, yeah. screaming at him to tell me why that's not a yellow card. Like, yeah. why is that not another yellow card? Yeah, everyone
0: just really? kind of walked away. I, sets up for the free kick.
1: If if you can't trust these these guys,
0: then you're gonna to have to pressurize them hundred percent. Big, big clubs do that, boys. Big clubs do. Uh, big clubs do that. Liverpool players would be doing that. Man City players, Man United players. Dare I say, Leicester players? Um, that, they'd all be crowding the, the referee. Didn't
2: give Craig Pearson a second to think before was screaming in his ear. That's a red card. Has to be.
0: Uh, we look into the second half. We looked a bit more busier um, for, for, <clears throat> for the large duration of the second half. We, we had Aston Villa on the back foot. Thomas Partey uh, was, was connecting well, but we lost him. That's a worry. Uh, that's his third injury for us now. Odegaard came on, uh, was looking quite creative, uh, linked well with Smith-Rowe. He had a chance himself, which really he should have got on target at least. Um, a came on as well. Uh, within all of this, Saka dropped to left back or whatnot and actually looked quite dangerous on that overlap, uh, I felt, or whatnot. But you know, again, there weren't any clear cut chances created. And I think this is what is my concern that our strikers, I don't know whether it sounds a bit too uh, knee jerk, me saying our strikers don't get enough clear cut chances within a game. Um, because a didn't get any clear cut chances, but maybe that's just he's not getting into the right positions as much. But yeah, you know, I, di- I didn't really see us getting getting a goal, and that's that's the problem. That's a worry. So
1: Toes, it's not knee jerk when you're talking about a, a, a pattern throughout the season. We've had a good run, but the trend before this was that we were not creating enough to, our forwards. Yeah, we're not taking chances. We, chances were not being created for them. So I don't think it's knee-jerk, because we've, we've kind of gone back to default. So there is an argument to suggests that, yeah, we need, we need to have like a plan B. We need, if, if things are not working, then...
0: That plan B would have been in, in yesteryear, sorry, Kibbs, would have been Giroud coming on in the second half. And, um, you know, us getting a few more crosses into the box for him to maybe attack or bring down and bring players in. Maybe we're missing that type of striker just to bully the defenders or whatever. But, you know, b- before we move on or before I go to, to Amari, it must be said that the Aston Villa defenders, they all, they played immense. Tyrone Mings, you have to give him a bit of credit. He blocked everything. uh, And that Taggart guy, who I thought was someone who I didn't really rate him. Last season, he looked like a liability, but he played out of his skin yesterday. I suppose concert played well, even though he should have been sent off. Uh, credit to Villa's defence, though. So I, I have to say.
1: They're, they're a weird one, aren't they, Villa? Because sometimes they can lock up shop, look amazing defensively, and sometimes, other times, they'll concede many chances, and, and typical for it to be against Arsenal, they just, yeah, they didn't have Definitely. to do much.
0: Just... Everyone plays out of their skin. That John McGinn guy always has a good game against us now, seemingly as well. He's i getting McGinn,
2: I think John McGinn just has a good game every week, and just no one talks about him. It's a It's Good player, man. Um, yeah, uh, Matty Cash. I said, uh, yeah, I wasn't that's sure about the other him. guy. He was, he was, class. He, was he, class. he, he, he was so good. I, I think Pepe went back to Pepe of 2020 and just doing nonsense. Um, but yeah, Matty Cash had a good game. Uh, I think. I think there was another one of those opportunities where Pepe shot instead of passing. Yeah. Um Odegaard looked very good like very tidy, had a good chance to score. Um, but it's probably the first shot he's had a goal in about six months. So I can't really can't really hate on him for that. I think Arteta's first move to move Saka to left back makes sense made sense and we looked good for about five minutes. And then Partey went down and for some reason. It wasn't Stabios. It was it was William. I really, I really don't get that. I really don't understand what that
1: substitution yeah, was. Well, more, yeah, well, yeah. If Pepe was our our like biggest threat, then he, he was certainly nullified going across to the right. And yeah, then that bring killed him, it completely. I, I I can't understand that either. To be honest, I can't understand what difference William would make.
2: Ah. Uh. And then then he came on and he didn't make a difference. And I'm I'm, I'm even tired of talking about him because at some point Arteta just needs to realise that, like, if I need something from a game, this is not the guy I turn to. Um, And and also, we needed a central midfielder. I don't understand what that was about. At the end of the day, Arteta says that we dominated the game. And I understand that. But our keeper has made a number of very good saves. Uh, Oli Watkins could have scored two. Grealish should have had one. Um, and Martinez did fuck all. <laughs> the whole. Oh, thing. let's Mark, not Mark. let's
0: not forget his the, the penalty that we should have had with him what, bringing what down that? the set.
1: Did they give a free kick the other way? Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Um, I, I think I don't, get... I
2: don't. I don't understand what Var is doing there. Um, but again, I mean, we're talking about all this, but we just didn't deserve. We to never win. made anything. We never made anything that you were like... The one chance I think we made was Saka going clean through. And, yeah, obviously we didn't get what we should have got out of that.
1: Really disappointing because Grealish... <laughs> okay, he had that chance, right? On the left when he kind of twisted up Bellerin. But apart from that, it's quite...
2: <sighs> we need to talk about Bellerin as well because... I don't know, man. I really I, don't get him. I don't, I don't I have, really have the biggest agenda standing.
1: against him. But he... Okay, if you want to talk about Bellerin, let's, let me just put it straight because I think I'm the fairest out of this. And I, I, I kind of like Bellerin, but if I'm going to put it straight down the middle here yeah, and you're looking for fallback, full either be really good at one and then we can kind of understand why you're susceptible on the other side of the game. But when you're not actually good at either of those two things, then that's when questions come your way because he, some, at some points he's neither able to defend and his final ball...
0: I, I, <laughs> He's uh, yeah, nothing
1: I, but, I, I, but I still think he's the best football.
2: Four- <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah. that's the problem.
1: That's but he's the problem. The best four- that's attacks what I'm saying.
2: down attacks we, end they I, I end so frequently I, with, with with my man, yeah. And I really do like Bellerin and I really, really would love like for him to be like holding it down. But I think hold- we've been saying all season that like, you know, AMN just needed to put in three good performances and the right back spot would have been his.
1: I, what, but, all right, but my problem with Bellerin, he's got, essentially you're going to maybe a better club than us, so that's why I don't understand. Because when, when he goes to a different club, the clearly, clearly bigger teams see him as a valuable player. I just don't understand why he hasn't been able to kick on because he's been, apart from his injuries, he, he's like a permanent fixture.
0: I think we need to round it up to the uh, to the second half of the show, boys. Uh, we, there, there's no big debate. We're going to be answering some questions this week from uh, from some of our listeners. But um, yeah, it, it was it was very very disappointing, shall we say? Disappointing week in the Arsenal world. Um, predictions? Well, uh, we all got them wrong, apart from me calling uh, Villa lost. So I get one point, uh, but I'm not really happy about that. So I think I'm leading with seven, uh, and then you boys are in five uh we're going to come back after the break and we'll be taking some questions from the listeners and maybe going on to you know some some other parts of the team so we'll be back right after this all right and we're back for part two of the temperamental gunas podcast uh we haven't got a big debate this week we've actually got some questions so thanks to all of you listeners who have um who have sent in some questions uh the first one is a, a friend of the show that's from the sports after party podcast. And they're asking um what happens if Cedric and Tierney get injured, who plays at left back? I thought that to myself actually during the game. Uh who plays at left back. And I have no clue. It's only Bakayo Saka, I think. Apart yeah, from him.
2: I, I think I think it has to be Saka and, and I know people have been saying that, you know, we lose his threat right wing, but I feel like on Saturday it worked when Saka went left back and Pepe was on that left-hand side and Smith-Rowe was coming across. They were, were, oh no, so Odegaard was coming across. They were making a lot of um, problems for the uh, Villa right-back. That was actually probably the most unsure that Matt Cash looked the whole game. Um, I think the problem comes when Pepe then has to go back out onto the right-hand side I don't think it works. But, um, yeah, Saka's an option at left-back. Um, but, yeah, obviously, we prefer to have him at, at, at right wing. Maybe Saka's even an option ahead of Cedric, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh,
1: that's oh, that. Go ahead, Chase, do you want to...
0: Uh, yeah, that, I mean, look, it, 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 it's, it's a viable option because, you know, you've got genuinely someone who can come from deep and influence a play, and make good crosses. Saka, we know what he can do if he gets on the, uh, if he gets on the, what's the word I'm looking for? If he gets on, uh, you know, in and behind, uh, the overlap, that's what I'm looking for. If he gets on the overlap, he's going to be effective. That boy is so effective, and he's played there. We saw him play left wing, left fullback during the course of this season, and also last season, so he's a viable option. Uh, You know, maybe Cedric deserves another chance, but it's just, we just look so... Okay, fair enough. A pot ago, we were giving Cedric some credit because he cut in on his right, made a really good cross to Saka across, and then Lacazette scored. But it's just he's just so poor in what he did uh, yesterday that you know maybe I'm just venting, but I think Zach. uh, As long as we have him and Pepe playing on that left side, then Saka is a viable option. He needs to play wherever, wherever Bukayo Saka plays, he he makes he, he makes a contribution. So, left back, probably the right place to put him.
1: Uh, yeah. If, so, if
0: those two get injured.
1: Yeah, if those two get injured, that's, yeah. I think the point I was trying to make about it, and I think I've mentioned to both of you, is that I, I feel, uh, although he's, he's very much a viable option, I, don't, I felt we could have done something about that. So, there would be no need to play him there. Um, I think we had a good um, January transfer window, but I, I was really keen for us to get um, some cover in that position. So I was quite disappointed that we didn't. But yeah, if, if, if that is the case, then he, ha- he has to fill in, essentially, I don't think, unless he's done something crazy and put Xhaka uh, we, I, I,
0: I, th- I think we've seen what Zaka in Unai this season would, would does anytime tears. in the defensive third. So yeah, that, that's a bad. That's a bad. That's a bad, 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 call.
1: That's a bad call. But we, we, that's we. I think, I feel we should have made a sign. Um...
0: Okay. Well, uh, thanks uh, to the Sports After Party uh, podcast for sending that question in. Keep them coming in, boys. We appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, send us another question, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, the next question comes from pra- uh, Prakash, aka Dennis. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. He knows why I'm calling him Dennis. Uh, Prax, uh, Prax asks, uh, considering uh, the faith being lost in Willian, despite being given that huge contract, uh, do you see him as being similar in a position? Uh, do you see him as being in a similar position to Ozil in the next? Uh, few years um, Kibbs you go on this one first uh, practice, this is the first of practice two questions so you first on uh, Willian
1: well, him having us yeah. as fancy
0: is he going to be the next Ozil for us I don't, <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't think he could be even considered in the same category because the quality of Ozil and you know he was a like stand out signing for us and he's had points in his career also where he was successful i don't feel that william will have the time to get to that point or have any success sorry to diminish his chances of having some like revival up i just don't think it's going to happen i i think he's going to go out on a whimper i don't think it will lead to any like adulation or any discussion i just feel so people will talk about his time at Arsenal as something that just didn't work out. Um, he's at that age now where he's not going to really have a chance again another, like, sort of top eight, maybe top six club. I don't think so, anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll talk too much about him I just, once he's gone. I just think for now he's been one of the worst signings.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amari we've, we've ever had.
2: Yeah, I just think the problem is what have we what have we sign him for? Has he been able to fulfill that role? Um, and he's it's just a no. It's just a no. And I don't think and I think there's no debate. I think the thing with Urza is that there was always a debate about because we knew how good he was and we knew what he'd done, you know, in, in as we spoke about on the pod in that first part of his of his tenure at the club uh, and then, you know, in the second half, it all went to, went to shit. But I think, yeah, there's not going to be a debate around William if he continues on this form. And even if, I I think it will take a lot of a pickup before, you know, he's going to have to do some mad stuff in Europa League, you know what I mean? For anyone to think of this season as being anything other than a, than a severe disappointment. And um you know, I feel I feel bad for him at the moment because I don't know I don't know what Arteta's looking for him to do because he's obviously showing that he's he's got nothing. At some point you just gotta take him out of the firing line.
0: I I think they wanna justify his signing so hard that they wanna bring him on at any opportunity to try and see if he can create some semblance of magic for us to then go, Oh, okay, William's back. This is why we bought him. This is his quality. And like Kibbs was saying, I don't see it. I think he's the busted flush. I don't see him, when he comes onto the pitch, him making any sort of contribution to the team. Really, apart from uh, that Fulham game, and yes, one cross in the Wolves game, they got Gabriel, the header. But apart from that, I think what we're going to see from Willian now is if we're winning a game, 3-0, bring him on for trying to try and see if he can get something to get his confidence up. Other than that, he he shouldn't be anywhere near the team. And I can see him leaving for the MLS or some team in, in the Middle East or something like that. That that's 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 what is on the horizon for William. So utter busted flush. That's my concern like,
2: with the three year contract though, is that I mean a year into it, there is there's no wriggle room really. I, don't know, I,
0: I, I don't think some of them take how, I uh, think someone will take him. Yeah, I think and someone in the middle east will take him. If we take him, yeah, exactly
1: that. And I, I think it's due to a point where he's going to want to leave as well. He yeah. may not be happy. He can't be yeah. enjoying this. To be honest, he can't be enjoying.
2: <laughs> His DMs must be full of pure hatred. <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm saying that that's correct. I think that's horrible. Yeah. But I just think yeah. it's, this can't be fun for him. Like I don't, I don't get the impression that it's for want of trying. Like I do think he wants to do yeah. well. Uh, he's just incapable of it.
0: <laughs> but hang on, guys. It, it annoyed me, right? You know, I, 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 maybe I'm being harsh because I don't see him wanting to do well. I don't see the fight and aggression in him. But what annoyed me during this week was there was a piece by David Luiz saying that William doesn't have anything to prove because of the career he's had. Well, sorry, you've come to a new club and there's a lot of expectation on you. So, sorry, you do have something to prove. You've been playing for one of our biggest London rivals. You're now playing for us. So if you're an Arsenal player, or sorry, an Arsenal fan, you're expecting this guy to show or justify why he's been given such a large contract and why there was so much of a clamour to bring him to the club. So sorry, David Luiz, who who also came from Chelsea and has been pretty crap for us. He has got something to prove, just like you have something to prove to us. And you made some semblance of a, you know, well done for yourself with the FA Cup. So, shut up, David Luiz. He has something to prove. Sorry.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Next a Next question
0: or what, kip Sorry. Yeah, just, just
1: finally, <laughs> just finally into that point. Uh, we keep on discussing. We feel like Edu and Arteta, they almost have like a point to prove with uh, William. I'll be interested to see if he gets any game time in Europa League when, you know, when these games are critical. If, 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 if our season's in the balance... Right now, and potentially it could all be over by the end of this month. I'll be interested to see whether or not, given William's performances, and if we have availability, whether he will have a sniff yeah, yeah. in these two games against Benfica. It'd
0: <laughs> be silly to, <coughs> be silly to <coughs> play him <coughs> anywhere <coughs> near them. Anyway, all right, moving to the next question. Uh, Prax, Prax asks, uh, so he says, as a Liverpool fan, we've had recent issues trying to give young strikers uh, a chance, first team hoping they will make it for us. So uh, you've seen like how um, Solanke, Dominic Solanke and Orion uh, Brewster couldn't make it uh, and they had a buyback option. Um, they were sold for some decent transfers. How long do we give Eddie and Ketia? And uh, what do you think the future holds for him? Uh, you first, Amari. Murray.
2: I don't see a lot from Enketia to be honest. I really don't. I think uh Reese Nelson was an absolute bully in the under twenty threes the other night. Did you see? He was doing all sorts of madness. Yes, yeah, but, yeah he was doing all kick. sorts of madness, yeah? yeah. So that tells you that underage football doesn't mean doesn't mean anything, And Like Nketiah needs to show his worth at this level and he has not been doing that. And I even take it back to last season when he, he had some decent performances. You know, his goals were all from the kind of, you know, he chased down the keeper, got a deflection, tapped it in. Um, you know, he's, he'd scored a good header against West Ham, I think. I could be remembering that wrong. Uh, he scored a goal against West Ham the season. I can't Yeah, remember. he did. It wasn't yeah, a header. No. header or, but... um, oh, yeah, it was Lack of That that's the header. Um, But, yeah, he's got a good goal against West Ham. But I just think he needs to... Yeah, I don't think he's of Arsenal level. But then again, what is Arsenal level? (laughs) That's probably a whole other question. But he can't get in this team. That's 10th in the league. Um, And I I can't see him getting in this team. Um, uh, Yeah, I think maybe someone needs to go somewhere and play. Develop his game game. I
0: just... I don't see him having the hold up play. Uh, and being able to bring in other uh players into the team I, I think he's just a fox in the box and unfortunately we don't play to that sort of we don't play to that we don't even get sort of like you know long distance shots for someone like him to run in and whatnot but it's a shame because you know we Arsenal fans we're very very like you know Kibbs was was mentioning in the break we're, we're very harsh on on our strikers if they don't if they don't get on it and, and I think we've been spoilt over the years with the likes of Anelka Henri Wright Van Persie, Giroud to some extent we, we've been spoilt with the, the calibre forwards that we've had but, but Nketiah I don't see him coming anywhere near that level Kibbs uh, what do you think
1: yeah uh, I think you've spoken about Eddie and being disappointed when he's played and kind of well given that we've seen him now, knowing that he wouldn't have an impact. So I'm sad to say, that I don't really... As you said, I don't feel he's of the quality to really make an impact um, in our team going forwards, even if we do see, you know, the likes of Lacazette and Orba move on. Um, But one thing I would say, Arteta seems to like him. And that's, that's, that's that's for certain...
0: And that's the point you made there, Kibbs. Uh, I think that's the bottom line. If we are looking to phase out Ob- uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette, do we see um, Eddie Nketiah as a principal striker? I don't think we do. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. I think his future is pretty much decided. That he's not going to be anything but a support striker. Uh,
1: and and you know that that with Eddie, we've kind of seen this with, you know, uh, academy type nurtured. British English strikers who've not quite made the cut. The club, I, I feel like he falls into that kind of bracket. So there's, there's many. Uh, I'm sure toes. You got like a dictionary for the tree back from. What well, even Jay Manuel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, really goes on. Uh, like
2: Benic, yeah. Class, yeah.
1: Yeah. He's Shabrata in that. From. Yeah. So he's in that kind of dish um, category of, of, of players
2: yeah there's 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 not enough there i don't think for us to say that you know lacazette who will likely probably leave in the summer and that will need another center forward um and alba just doesn't do the center forward position the way that um arteta wants and i don't know why you guys are talking about phasing out uh, Abameyang because boys, he's okay. No, no, we a week <laughs> contract in June, so yeah, he's he's about <laughs> he's about for the long haul. Yeah, uh,
0: that phase, could be an urgent situation. <laughs> phase is the wrong word. Well, we hope he doesn't turn into that because if not, we're, we're, if so, we're going to be in trouble. But okay, um, all right, thanks very much, Prax. Uh, keep supporting the show, keep uh, sending in the questions. Uh, we got a question here from Daniel Aitken, and he's basically asking. Why is David Luiz still playing in the big games? Uh, why does Arteta like him uh, or, or believe in him so much? Amari, uh, do you want to take this one? Uh, I think David Luiz has certain
2: qualities that seem to make him likeable by, for the team. Um, he is a winner, but there's something to be said for a guy that for the 10 years that you've been, the, like since he's been, you know, in, in, in the kind of, radar of the Premier League, those issues and errors and mistakes have, have always been in his game. They've never changed. Um whether it be for Chelsea, PSG, Brazil, Chelsea again and Arsenal, you know what you're gonna get from him. Um and I think it maybe just goes to show what Arteta thinks about all of our centre backs, really. Um to be fair, I don't think David Luiz was getting game time before Gabriel's injury. Mari's injury and I don't think he would have had as much game time this season as he did last but yeah I mean he needs he needs to be he needs to be phased out for sure um I don't think he's been a terrible servant for Arsenal um he's made some catastrophic errors but I think there's that's been the case with a lot of our a lot of our players um, and he was he was very instrumental in that cup run so I think yeah if he if Contract ends this summer, and he and he leaves. I don't know if it was the worst deal that we've done because we've had some shockers.
0: Yeah, I I think David Luiz. He's he's so highly regarded at the club. It seems the manager is always saying how how important he is for younger players. Younger players come out and always talk uh, have nothing but good words to say about him. So there must be something in him that the manager likes and he brings to the club. But it's just, there's so much, he's always got a ricket in him. I've never seen one single Arsenal player to give so many penalties, so many penalties, and so, make so many rash decisions, you know? And it's countered by the manager and all the other players saying he, he's, he gives so much experience to the other guys. So, you know, to be fair you know, in this little mini period after Pablo Mari got injured, uh, sorry about that, Omari, uh, and David Luiz, <laughs> David Luiz came in, he looked relatively steady, um, you know, almost going back to his FA Cup form, uh, you know, that great game he had against Man City in the semi-final and also as well in Chelsea in the final and whatnot. But those performances are too far, few and far between and you always know there's going to be a ricket. So I don't know why... We place so much faith in him, really. Um, It's just annoying that we have seeming our most experienced defender. It's a calamity. (laughs) No other word for it. So, yeah, uh, to Daniel's question, I have no idea why Arteta keeps on giving him the big games because it's always in that big games that this guy guy costs us. Uh, Kibbs.
1: yeah, just to emphasize that, that point about red cards and, and stuff like that, I think since he joined the 2019, he's had three red cards and six pennies conceded. And I think no other Premier League player has received more than two red cards or conceded more than three pennies. So, <laughs> if,
0: if, if this guy was Sebastian Scalacci or Johan Juru or Philippe Senderos, uh. There would be like you know utter utter riots and stuff. So I think he deserves the criticism he's getting. Oh, those oh. guys weren't as those players weren't as experienced as him, you know. And yeah, he's yeah.
1: If, one only thing I would say for him, he um again what kind of what you pointed to is influence in the dressing room he seems like a strong character. He has nine lives ever since the bounce back from really, incrimin- incriminate, yeah, incriminating situations. Um, but of all our defenders, holding things he can play from the back, uh, I'm not too sure about that. But Louise, on a, on, a, on this day when he's on this game, that's something he can do. He gives us a different option, especially if he's in the free and he's covered a bit better. But we're relying on, relying on him in general in big games, it ends in disaster. So, yeah.
0: It's dangerous that's, that's, playing him. It's that, dangerous that. playing him at two.
1: Arteta's got to eat that man. That's on him for sure. No one else.
2: Yeah, I don't think he had much option in that last little run. Um, but yeah, I think he he had reduced his reliance on him this season. Um, let's just hope there's not talk of another contract.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. That let's let that be the final sort of like word on him. But definitely, he should he should go out he should leave at the end of the season. They should not renew his contract. Hopefully, William Saliba comes back and, you know, proves, proves to be the player we want him to be. So, okay,
1: yeah. A quick one, boys, before we, we cut off Louise, yeah? Would you have said differently if, if this whole calamity hadn't uh, had to happen against Wolves? Because, you know, we, we start to hear about that contract extension talk pre Wolves game. Would you have felt differently? or? or... No, nah, absolutely nah.
2: not. No, not. I totally don't think not. I don't think we should I didn't think we should have signed them up for for this for this this season.
0: Yeah, um, remember he 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 got given that contract. He he eventually signed that contract on the back of him mucking up at Man City. Yeah, that's what I don't know was in his head. So yeah, I have to be honest and say
2: that when he when we signed him, I was I was confident that it was a sensible deal, which was because of his experience and stuff. Um, but he quickly quickly showed, um, that. Experience counts for nothing because he will keep on making the same mistakes. Yeah. I, I could,
0: I Tim K, uh, well, not Tim Cahill, uh, what's his name, Gary Cahill? That's the guy we should have gone for. That's the guy I was screaming for.
1: Criminal I mean, as well, man. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's
0: two, twice now that we have not gone bought that guy first. Yeah, we, we should have been it up in against 11, Bolton.
2: 2011,
0: exactly. Bowls two. it up when he was at Bolton, yeah, and now bowls it up when he was leaving Chelsea. And we go for David Luiz Silly, silly, silly. Um, let's go to the, uh, f- the final question uh, that we have uh, from a friend of the show, up the Arsenal. Uh, so he's asking uh, uh, what are our thoughts about uh, winning against uh, or possibly winning against Benfica in the Europa League? Uh, honest opinions, please. Whatever, what do we think about the Benfica game?
2: Um, so I'm going to try and not let yesterday's performance kind of taint my views uh it's a huge game um and even more significant now because of because of the last couple of games in the league and i think um we just we just don't know what we're gonna get from arsenal and that's the that's the main issue um we also do we know if it's confirmed two-legged tie or not yet because there was talk uh, about us not being able to play in Benfica and stuff.
0: There's still, I, 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 don't think the final decision's been made. But I, I've seen those rumors about whether they were going to change it to a, a one-off. But I think that hurts the integrity of the competition. You know, if yeah. every other comp, every every other game plays two leg and then we just play a one one-off, a one-leg game. That's yeah, no. Nah, the reason happen. why I
2: ask is I just remember that Olympiacos game and the way we slept, we just sleepwalked to 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 a defeat and again we did a similar thing yesterday and we just have that in us where on any given day we could just just be like yeah we don't either there's too much pressure in the game and we don't fancy it or I i don't know but it really just depends on what arsenal turns up on the day and i'm a bit concerned that people like lacazette and smith rowe who had been making us tick over the last few weeks are starting to look tired Partey doesn't seem to be able to get through 90 minutes um, and we need these guys to be at the top of their game. Uh, I don't know how Benfica are doing in, in, in the league, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm nervous. Kibbs?
1: Yeah, I've grown about momentum a lot. I, I, I feel with Arsenal, it's, it was important that in this run of games that we picked up a few points in the league for sure. Because it's hard to replicate form. OK, we did see that. So we weren't doing so well in the league, but we went into Europa and we were playing exceptionally well. But that was against poor opposition. I think it's a different matter when you're going up against... Uh, as Omari said, I'm not too sure how Benfica are doing, but based on how they've been in previous seasons, good level of opposition. Sometimes I think it's hard if you haven't been playing so well to go into a game like that and... and especially with us not being the most confident team. Uh, I I am worried. I I am quite worried, but who knows? I'm always surprised. I'm always surprised by Arsenal, so maybe it'll be another surprise. Uh,
0: You know, I, I don't really know what to expect from the Benfica game. I just hope that we were fired up and the manager really impresses upon the team that this is our genuine only chance of number one getting into the Champions League and, number two, winning any sort of a trophy. So I I hope he gets the boys up for it. Um, I think, you know, a European game, maybe we have a bit more chance to express ourselves. Uh, I hope the boys uh, can deliver. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like like you said, Kibbs, our victories in the Europa League really can't be compared to anything. We haven't faced any sort of hard opposition I think rapid Vienna away must have been the hardest game of all because we went one nil down if I remember correctly yeah we made that um, hard work. that was the that was the
2: strongest to, position in yeah the to be honest uh,
0: what was the was it a Danish what was the name of the Danish club we, we had to be fair we were one nil down at home to them as well but um yeah. I think rapid Vienna away was maybe the the, the hardest one so I don't know. We, we're coming up against quality opposition uh, for the first time in, in, in that competition. So I, I, I can't trust us to switch on, given the runner form. I just hope we can. So, yeah, to, to round that off, I'm a bit nervous as well, like Imari saying. Yeah, I
2: think we'll have a better idea when we, uh, uh, I suppose next week we'll be previewing that game. And, and by that point, we'll, we'll know who's kind of fit and ready to play um well that Leeds game will be a, a big determinant of you know how we come into that game and uh you know we'll, we'll have a better idea then but i just think it's a really difficult one to call because we just we're inconsistent in all yep. senses so we could we could turn up and play them off the park
1: we could turn up and be timid
0: last word kibbs and then we go to a break
1: yeah, exactly. That's end of, like that. I don't know what Arsenal is going to turn up. So I'm just waiting to see. Um, but if we can win the Europa League, that really will. Uh, I think that's a good season. If we can win the Europa League and, and finish. Founding an season. <laughs>
2: it's ridiculous. If we get back into the Champions League.
1: <laughs> yeah. My days, oh no, but I'm saying really, really league I, I come where in the league 11th, I don't mind, just as yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, as long as we can
1: win it, it's a good season, right? Yeah, completely. I still don't think everyone would be happy, but for me, coming into season, that's the that would have been like the primary, yeah. All
0: right. All right, boys. Uh, So thanks for all the questions that came in. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's get some more questions coming in, guys. Uh, We'll be back right after this and we'll be previewing the Leeds match. So we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Toes from the Temperamental Guna podcast. You can contact us at tpguna at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at tpguna.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Temperamental Gooners. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we're back for part three of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. So we're now going to preview the Leeds game, which is on next Sunday at 4.30. Uh, For me, thank God, because it's not an early kickoff because Arsenal haven't seemed to yeah. understand that they need to turn up when it's an early kickoff uh, so Leeds, they're playing someone tomorrow, I think I, I can't remember who they're playing tomorrow but we'll see what the, how they turn out in uh, Monday night's game, when I say tomorrow um, how do you think it's looking boys uh, given that we, we're coming off of the back of two defeats we didn't win at the Emirates so we haven't won in three, football can change very very quickly and we're now gonna have a sort of like negative mindset and form. Um, I think it's good
2: that we've got a week to have a real look at ourselves after that performance. Um I guess to work on some things and to have a think about who really should be in that starting lineup. Um hopefully it gives Tierney some time to get fit. It'd be good to give him some minutes if he if he is fit against Leeds. Um and then he can be in a position to play against benfica um i i think leeds are uh, leeds are a difficult team to play against because they'll match you up one for one um and it'll be very difficult to play but uh in a sense it's good because they're not going to sit deep um we'll get opportunities uh but yeah they're a very up and down team leeds you never know what you're going to get from them kind of like us
0: mid-table team <laughs> yeah exactly I, I I really hope that we smash Leeds I hate Leeds I hate Leeds and I hate Leeds Yeah, you guys are laughing <laughs> yeah, yeah I hate Leeds. every team every no, team No, no, no. Uh, yeah. thank you Kibs has said it Kibs has said it when Leeds came up there was uh, I accept that we weren't going to be challenging for the league this season there was a couple of teams that were on my hit list I've talked about Brighton we've beaten them once the next team is leeds because i will never forgive them for 99 and i'll never forgive them for 2003 so yeah two times leeds have directly cost us for in our championship run so i was so happy when they were in the doldrums of english football so they've come back now everyone loves them no Leeds. they play the right way etc etc i hope we smash them just like when on reed we smashed them five nil at highbury that time but we are far but that kind of team now um, yeah, I'm just hoping we smash them, but it's unlikely. So I just hope that Thomas Party is fit and he can play and we can see also as well, uh, KT3 back, uh, Tierney, as Amari said. And I'm hoping abameyang turns up and Nicholas Pepe has some, you know, revenge in his, in his boots because, you know, this is the guy that has curtailed part of Pepe's season so Pepe should be bloody well up for this. Sorry for swearing. Over to you, Kibbs.
1: Yeah, I hope we we really like, fuck them up.
0: Sorry to say that. As well, that I've got to put explicit on this podcast yeah. for sure now. Because even Amari, Amari swore. I've sworn, and now you have sworn. So definitely, uh, you no, put explicit I, I, feel,
1: I feel, I feel, I feel as passionately, passionately as you, uh, Toast. I believe that like, because they, they didn't get the win against us. When I think they we were like uh, we were like ten men, yeah, ten men the last time it was a draw, right? And they, they couldn't quite
0: yeah
1: couldn't quite get that goal. So yeah, I, I fully I wouldn't say expect, but I'm, I'm hoping that we can put in a good performance. Um and yeah, just really hand it hand it to them. But the only thing I would like to touch upon is kind of what Amari said about you know Leeds being a team that will match you player to player um really play at like high intensity and it kind of worries me with um some of the tired legs in our team at the moment so I always thought there going to need to be a time where we rotate i didn't think we, we would need to against wolves maybe but then Aston Villa maybe a bit but we would need our key players but seeing like Emil Smith Rowe and a few others looking quite like leggy the game against Leeds is going to be quite difficult so I wonder if Artep's going to make some changes maybe Odegaard from the start I'm not sure
0: yeah yeah um, let's uh, Amari any final thoughts and then we go into the predictions for this one um,
2: not really I think um, the, yeah the big thing is KT free um i think i don't think there'll be many other changes other than that Partey party i don't know what we do with him at the moment he seems to get injured every four games um so maybe maybe oneni or shabios will come in and smithrow must need a rest at some point must
1: be. It, may, it may
2: not be that game, but yeah. Uh, maybe he's looking at playing Odegaard in, against Benfica. Mm. It's that European style of football and hoping this may be an easy game for him than in the league, but yeah, it'll come at some point. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. All right, let's go into the, uh, let's go into the predictions for this one then, boys. Uh, what are we thinking? Uh, Arsenal versus Leeds.
2: Uh, I'm going to go oh, why am I predicting an Arsenal win honestly it's a waste of time I'm going to go for an Arsenal 2-1 um, because I'm pretty sure after this I'm going to be predicting L's in the Premier League so I'll give us one more win
0: Okay uh, so 2-1 to Amari uh, for the Leeds game at home Kibbs uh, what are you going for?
1: yeah i'm just going on hope so i'm gonna say (laughs) 3-1
0: optimistic as always (laughs) optimistic as always all right so uh so uh 3-1 for gibbs (laughs) and uh 2-1 Omari. i think uh, i think it'll probably be a draw to be honest uh I'm going to go for... I, I want, I, I so, you guys are laughing at me. I so want to say 2-1. But just the pattern of how these things go... Um, Sod it. I'll say 2-1 Arsenal.
1: Yeah, we got to back our team. If
0: we, yeah, I, I don't know. I think if we don't
2: win on Sunday, there's some serious problems. We're back into that run before Christmas, I think. Because yeah. we need to react. We need to react.
1: When, when because, we're not, yeah,
2: because after that it's City and Leicester, and unless we're saying that you know, wherever we finish in the league doesn't matter, like if we don't get three points there, we're looking at you know, we're not getting three
1: points until March. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when, when we're in these like kind of moods, it's, it's actually really hard to watch Arsenal play, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's well, we've, really... still got, we've still got to do it so we come back and have make to. A, a, some sort of a pod um, alright okay so that's uh, that's the predictions for the Leeds game uh, what are we thinking in terms of top 5 uh, I'll start off with mine so my top 5 I had Kieran Tierney Thomas Party, Bakaya Saka Alexandra Lacazette and Emil Smith-Rowe uh, I think I would probably say that uh, I might I'd probably have to take out Kieran Tierney, actually, given that he's he, we haven't seen him play in such a while. But um, well, I can't think of anyone worth replacing him with, to be honest. Actually, you know what? I'll be fair. I'm taking out, I'm taking out Kieran Tierney, and I, I'm putting in Nicholas Pepe. I think you know of all the crap we've been through over the last week, the player who at least has seemed to try to do something has been Nicholas Pepe. So Kieran Tierney steps out. That's purely because he hasn't played in so long. And Nicolas Pepe is in my top five. Kibbs, uh, your top five was Tierney, Party, Emil Smith Rowe, Kaya Saka, <laughs> and Alexandra Lacazette. Uh, staying with or someone's coming out and replacing them?
1: No, just staying, keeping it with
0: that. Staying with? All yeah, right. yeah, just keeping it with that. Yep, okay. Uh, and Amari, you had Rob holding. Uh, Thomas Party, Kirantini, Bakaya Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe.
2: Yeah, it stays the same until Maury's back in the team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> until Pablo Mari comes in. All right, all right. Okay, and boys, to send us off that game that everyone's talking about, high five and throw a pie. Kibbs, um, uh, do you want to know who you high fived last week?
1: Yeah, it's a person I'm going to uh, pie that was...
0: this week. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay, all right. We'll start with you. So Cedric was your high five last week. Who are you high fiving and who are you uh, pieing uh, this week, kids?
1: <sighs> Cedric, he's getting pied. Um, I, I had to give him something last week, uh, but generally I haven't been convinced. And I, th- I think, yeah, that was his fault. So he's getting a big pie for that. Um, yeah. High five. <laughs> it's hard to for high five. Can I really high five. Oh, Matt Ryan.
0: Matt Ryan. Although,
1: although you know, I, I think that stat came up. He didn't have a touch of the ball, and he already conceded. Uh, I think, <laughs> as you both pointed out, we it could have been a lot worse for us hadn't he made those saves.
0: yep Okay, so Matt Ryan getting a high-five on his Arsenal debut. Uh, Amari, who are you going for? Uh, who are you going to pie first,
2: Amari? Who are not going to pie? Uh, I'm going to give one to Bamian, man. Bamian's getting one because I just don't know what's going on. Like, he came on on Saturday, and I don't know whether he actually came on because I don't think the commentator had to say his name. And against wolves as well, I think he was pretty ineffective. Um, and right now, we can't really. We, he, if he's not scoring the goals like he was in the running in last year, he needs to bring something else. And yeah, it's just not working. Um, and I'm gonna high five. I'm gonna high five Grant I just think he's been. He, I think he's just been playing well. I think even on Saturday he played well. Uh, he looks solid. Um, the ricket is probably coming but while he's playing well I'll keep on, I'll keep on praising him
0: alright uh, this week uh, pieing someone its actually quite difficult because you know I've got, a, I've got a bit of a thing with our boy William, but to be fair he doesn't deserve a pie um, at all I'm going to have to give it to Cedric because I was so incensed by that weak pass so Cedric's getting a pie and I'm high fiving. Uh, I, I just praised Nicolas Pepe. I brought him into my 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 top five, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep praising Bukayo Saka because of um, how you know how he should have really he he was he was making things happen against Wolves, uh, and he showed what a difference he made come, uh having been not played in the um, the United game, and he he was he was busy against. Uh, Against uh, Aston Villa, uh, I think he was targeted. So Bukayo Saka gets my high five, uh, and that's it, really. So yeah, Willian, you get a, you get a week off. So to be continued, I'm I'm sure. Boys, uh, you know we're a bit down uh, in terms of uh, you know in terms of spirit, but let's hope the Arsenal bring it back uh, next week. So um, that's a uh, bye from me, toes. See you later.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah until until next time. Until next
0: time. All right, boys. We see you then. Take care.